Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, this is Ming Stoll, and you're listening to The Devil's Music with Pleasant Gaiman. Pantheon Podcast presents from Hollywood, California, The Devil's Music with Pleasant Gaiman. You are invited to join the Hollywood princess as she explores her lifelong pursuits in the occult, sex, love, and that sinful rock and roll. Ladies and gentlemen, step into the dark parlor of Pleasant Gaiman as she brings you the devil's music. Hey there, this is Pleasant Gaiman, and you're listening to The Devil's Music, a Pantheon podcast. A little bit about me I'm a punk rock witch from Hollywood, California. I've had a lifelong passion for rock and roll and the occult that started when I was a preteen. In the 70s, I was one of the first punks in LA. And as a teenager, I worked at the Whiskey A Go-Go, started producing shows, and made a Xerox fanzine called Lobotomy, which led me to write for every major rock publication you could think of. In the 80s and the 90s, I fronted three bands. I'm a best-selling author with eight books out and more on the way. For the past 30 years, I've toured around the globe to teach and perform dance. You might have also seen me acting or dancing in music videos, feature films, and documentaries. Look for me in the new Go-Go's documentary. To find out more about me or to book a tarot reading, go to my website, pleasantgaiman.com. I'm really excited to be part of the Pantheon Podcast's network of rock and roll shows. Everyone here at Pantheon tells stories about the music we just adore so much, each and every one with a different twist. Find them all wherever you listen to podcasts at Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Pandora, anywhere you get your favorite podcast fix. And head on over to PantheonPodcast.com to share a show with a friend. Or be damned to purgatory forever. Hi, this is Pleasant Gaiman. Happy New Year and welcome to the first 2023 edition of The Devil's Music. My guest today is Chuck Hawley, 
a magical human being who's known the world over for advocating love, kindness, compassion, and hope. His story is absolutely incredible, and it all stems directly from a moment of synchronicity. Chuck became accidentally famous one fateful day in October 2018 when he rescued a tiny kitten he wound up naming Sticky, a kitten who changed Chuck's life and the lives of countless others indelibly. I actually met Chuck through a moment of synchronicity too. He somehow found me and booked a tarot reading with me. And then we started talking during it. And um, the rest is history. When I found out his story, I had to have him on this show. So hi, Chuck. I'm so, so excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You're yeah, so I don't. I don't even remember how I found you on there to do that. I don't remember how that actually happened, but that is what happened. I, I saw you, and I saw you had a you. You said you had an opening, and it was like in an hour. And I'm like, I want to do this in an hour. So, yeah. And that and was I, your first that, reading. Was that your first first time reading? ever? First time ever. Never. Wow. I, I didn't know anything about it at all. Yeah, I just I knew what it was, but I didn't know how it worked. I didn't know anything about it, and um, yeah, and for whatever reason, I I need to go do this. And then there you were. And then we started talking in there. And it's just like everything else that's happened since I found, since right before I found that cat. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, it's a, that was like one of the biggest moments of synchronicity um, I, I've ever heard about. And you guys are going to hear about this soon. But let's put it this way. If Chuck hadn't have happened to be right there in the right place at the right time, this story would have had a horrifying ending. So um, I'm just going to tell everyone a tiny little tad about you before um, you go into the story. But Chuck's had a really interesting life. But for a a time period, he thought he had, he he thought he didn't have a purpose in life. Quite a a long time period. (laughs) But that was like one of the most erroneous assumptions ever. But I, I mean, I could, when I read your book, um, I could I could see how you might think that, but I mean the the amazing thing is so many people universally have that 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 um that type of feeling, and then they go on to do like incredible, great, amazing things and have charmed lives with with um unbelievably wild and wonderful things happening to them, and and you are textbook of that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's people who have much harder lives than me who've gone on to live to do incredible things, too. So, yeah, I just I, I had a, I had a, a brief period of or a long period of, I guess, just depression and thought, OK, I'm my consequential time is over. And uh, just basically, yeah, life was rough for a while until I ran into this kitten. And all of a sudden, nope, you're not over, buddy. Keep going. So, yeah. And I do think you're right. I think a lot of people feel like that you know, through different parts of their life and probably multiple times. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Should it play your part? You took your birth on the planet Earth to open up our hearts. Some folks help the oceans, others help the trees. Some folks help the birds and fish, and others help the bees. 
some folks help the homeless ones or the people on the streets. Your small act of kindness served help the cat with sticky feet. So this kitten, a lot of you guys may already know about this, but somehow um, I was living under like a, a gigantic prehistoric sized rock. And I didn't know anything about this story until somehow in the middle of, of the tarot reading, we started talking. I think my cat jumped up on the table. It was meowing. I think that might have been how it started because I always yeah. have to give treats like otherwise one of them will just like, you know, she can't let something else be the center of attention. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but anyway, Chuck um, became world famous because of his his cat that wasn't his cat at the time, who was called <laughs> Sticky the Kitty. And I will let Chuck start that story because it's it's truly a miracle. It's miraculous. Yeah. yeah um... So I'll just start right right before. So about a week before this happened, I um, I was working at the Salvation Army and I was uh, director of facilities. I was running there, taking care of their buildings. And um, I had made a Facebook post. I just didn't feel like I was living up to my potential in the world and just kind of just, I, I felt I could do more with myself. And uh, so my boss, saw the Facebook post and I get to work and my boss calls me in and or he called me in, in my office and said, Hey, I, I saw your Facebook post. And I'm like, Oh, and he said, yeah, why don't you come in and talk to me? I'm like, Oh man. So I go in there to talk to him and um, he was pretty cool about it. And he said, so if you could do anything in the world, what would you do? And I'd been thinking about it for so long that I just immediately said, I would give people hope. And he said, uh, okay, how are you going to do that? And I said, I don't know. That's the problem right there. I don't, I don't know. How do you just give people hope as a job? I don't know how that works. And, uh, said, okay. And so, um, the, the people that run the Salvation Army, if you're in the Salvation Army, you're a chaplain, it's kind of a Christian based thing. And so he said, can I pray with you? And I'm like, go for it. I'm not a super religious guy, but I'll take anything you can give me. So go for it. And so he prayed about it. And then we, um, I split and, uh, like a week later I'm driving down the road and, uh, heading to work and I see a little spot up on the road and cars are just kind of driving over it. So I didn't really think about it. And uh, I'm looking at my radio back and forth and I glance up at the road and the truck in front of me went over it and this little spot sits up and it's a kitten. And you couldn't miss that it was a kitten. It just looked like a silhouette, perfect silhouette, like a, a kitten emoji. And I slam on my brakes and it's just sitting there in front of me and I'm kind of like trying to figure out why this kitten isn't running. And uh, where I had just stopped the, or where I stopped the, the road had just turned to two lanes. And so the cars behind me had to slam on the brakes. They start to go around me. I don't want to see this kitten smashed. So I throw my door open. I stop the traffic. Cars are mad at me. People are yelling at me. I jump out, run around to grab this kitten. And when I grab him, he's gooey. He's just covered in something. And I can't figure out what I'm looking at. As I go to pick him up, his back feet are still stuck to the ground. And I realize this is blue. And it looks like a, like that old school rubber cement. He's just coated in this stuff. and. Uh, so I end up peeling the glue off of the road and instead of peeling the glue off, it's getting you know, off of his feet and I take him off to the side of the road, know the cats, I end up taking him to work, um, end up at the vet. And when I'm at the vet, uh, we're trying to figure out how this happened and they find a, a uh, kind of like a slit around his neck, but it was just a completely 
all the way around his neck, um, just a perfect circle around his neck. And that's kind of when we realized, okay, this, you know, someone did this to him because they figured the slit on his neck was a fishing wire. So if someone had tied a fishing line around his neck, they thought, and either drugged him or swung him. So this kitten's five weeks old at the time. So just a baby, you know, tiny little kitten. And so now he's covered in glue and he has this cut on his neck. So they take him in to clean him up. And while they're in there, um, I had made a, I'd taken a picture uh, while at work with him. He climbed up on my shoulder and I took a picture for my wife, made a Facebook post. And um, as I'm sitting in the vet, the, uh, the vet tech comes in and says, hey, channel 12 news is on the phone for you. And I'm like, what? Like, how are they on the, what, why are they calling for me? Talking about the kitten. I'm like, what, how do they know about the kitten? And uh, she said, they saw your Facebook post. I'm like, well, how did they find me? And she said, they just called every vet in the area and you happened to be here when they called. And so at first I told them, you know, you know, I, I don't know what I will tell them. You, you go talk to them. You know more about it than I do. And uh, she came back about a minute later and said, no, they really want to talk to you. So I do this. I meet them. I do this quick little news story and uh, go on with life and thought that was it. And we have a funny story about the kitten, how we found this kitten. And, you know, this cat had a horrible start, but we'll give it a good life, that kind of thing. And uh, it just blew up from there. It just um, that was a Friday. By Monday, I'm getting calls from Australian radio stations wanting to know about this kitten. Um, yeah, just it, it just yeah, the craziest thing ever. So that's the that's how we get to this to this point. Um, yeah, poor little sticky sitting on the road there. So that probably was the wife, best telling you. Named him Sticky, right? She did. Um, yeah. So what? How? Uh, we had two dogs when we found Sticky, and one of them was a Great Pyrenees, and he was about 11. It turned out he had cancer, and we spent a whole bunch of money trying to get him fixed, and it wasn't going to work. And so we just kind of brought him home to give him a good last couple of weeks and, you know, give him all the love we could. And uh, we're watching them, him and the little dog. We had a Chihuahua also, so the weirdest odd couple of dogs, um, and they'd grown up together. So my wife is looking at uh, watching them sleep. And she said, do you think we should get another dog to keep the little one company? Uh, and I said, yeah, probably. And I said, but I think I want a cat too. And, you know, we were trying to figure out, well, where do we go to adopt a cat? And she said, don't cats find you? And I, yeah, I guess cats do kind of find you. I don't think I've ever adopted a cat. Every cat I've ever had has found me. So, um, yeah. So then I, I took that picture, the picture that went all around the world, was sticky sitting on my shoulder and it looked like he was just looking at me with this pure admiration but he was really falling asleep and when i look at the the picture was a live picture so when i look at it in the live mode he's nodding off he's almost falling off my shoulder so i just ah. I, I caught that picture at that moment and so i sent that to her to tell her hey a cat found me and uh i told her how i found it and uh she was furious of course and then she uh said okay well we'll name him sticky okay perfect that'll work so that's a good name for him so yeah she named him she's the one that you know came up with the cats find you thing and yeah just all just series after series of things that just that wouldn't have happened if that last thing didn't happen and if that last thing before that didn't happen it was so like you said very serendipitous this whole we're going on five years now and it's just i'm sitting here talking to you because of this cat so it's uh yeah, it's a, it's been quite an amazing thing for sure. 
You know, I was afraid that I wasn't going to be able to um, read your book. I, I, you guys, I told this to Chuck because the, just the first page I opened up to was um, the part where they they were at the vets discovering the fishing line around the kitty's neck, and I I didn't know a lot about this story, and I was like, I knew it was going to end well, but I thought. <laughs> I might have to start crying at a lot of points in the middle of it, which I did. And by the way, Chuck's book is called um, Cats Find You, uh, among among other things. I mean, that's not part of it. I added that, like miracles, <laughs> miracles find people and animals. But um, yeah. yeah, I'm so glad that Sticky wound up with you. And And so anyhow, like, so the the it went viral all over the entire world, but your book is full of so many incredible stories um, that have to of all sorts of people that you connected with because of this cat. So that that's amazing in itself. And then your life before finding Sticky was pretty amazing too. I thought so. I mean. Um, Chuck Chuck was like a teenage model in in Asia. <laughs> in Japan, yeah, just stumbled yeah. into that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, stumbled into that right at right at the time where I was kind of losing my mind anyway. And uh, yeah, that just yeah yeah I was uh, we lived on a navy base and I had a, uh, a pretty horrible chaplain stepfather and and a uh, yeah I just wanted to escape escape home and uh, modeling came along and that let me escape home for the, the year and a half I lived over there. So, um, yeah, I did. Yeah. I went from, yeah, being a, a little fatherless kid in, in Texas to being a, I guess, nationally famous model in Japan for a couple of years in the eighties. And so as this book's come out, people have started sending me pictures or sending me, um, messages asking for pictures. And I have some of the modeling pictures, but it's, we didn't have cell phones like you know you had to have a camera with you and so i have the modeling pictures but i don't really have the pictures of my life during that time and so as i've i started responding to those messages people from back then have started sending me pictures of my life then that other people took that you know the family that i talk about in that book that really kind of took me under their wing they've sent me a bunch of pictures and so it's been kind of cool to, to have those pictures pop back up where i didn't even know they existed so um yeah, it was very, very interesting time back then in the mid '80s, flying around yeah. Japan. Yeah, that that just sounds wild. Um, I, I, yeah, it's um, it, it's pretty, it's pretty hard for people to understand too that even even in the '80s or like the '90s when the cardboard disposable cameras came out. Um, and those were, you know, quote, quote, cheap and disposable, but it still cost a lot of money to get them anything developed, you know, or not. Now it wouldn't seem like a lot of money, but then it did, you know. Sure. Like, yeah. And effort. You had to take it in and then you had to go back and get it. And, you know, I was 16. And so it was it was hard to get to school, much less, you know, drop off a camera and pick up a camera. And so, yeah, I Luckily, still I find have I still find some of those in my drawers sometimes and some of them aren't even labeled. And I, I keep thinking I should bring them into a place and just play like um, 
crazy, crazy, like disposable camera roulette. Like, let's see what's on this roll. Will I get arrested? No, the statute of limitations <laughs> is probably over by now. <laughs> oh my gosh, you absolutely should do that. Yeah, I actually, in front of me, you can't see it, but in front of me, I have, I just typed your name into Google and I put images and all these pictures from your life that I'm like, oh my God, like the, some of the people you're hanging out with and just the, yeah, just, yeah, it's amazing. So when I think my little slice of year, you know, my little year of fame was something, yeah, looking at your life, this is, yeah, that is some cool stuff. But my, but my life, like um, Chuck is talking about like a lot of my old rock and roll pictures, which I'm sure some of you guys at least have seen, but um, those were just my friends then. Do you know what I mean? Right, no, right. no one was famous. And it's so funny because sometimes when I post like throwbacks on Instagram or something. Like some people are like, oh my God, because they can realize that you could tell no one was famous by the way we were behaving in, in the right. photos. But then some other people are like, oh cool, you met Belinda Carlisle once or something. Yeah, you guys are kids in these. There's I'm looking at one right here with Billy Idol. Like you guys are kids. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I can see where people would think that, but yeah, that's just your life. Yeah. Look at you. That's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I know it's not a normal life at this point. I've known that for decades, but it didn't, it didn't seem that crazy to me for a long time, you know? Sure. Sure. Um, but back to you. Well, actually yep. back first, first, we'll take one first little break right now because I'm, um, I'm babbling. <laughs> okay, no worries. We'll take it. Okay. No worries. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. 
we're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica report. And you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. And here we are back. I'm with Chuck Holly, um, Sticky the Kitty's dad. And we're talking about all sorts of... Um, We've been we've been talking about rock and roll. We've been talking about cats. We've been talking about miracles. <laughs> so let's just continue on this non sequitur, awesome, <laughs> awesome um, train. So, um, do you want um, do you want to talk about anything pre sticky first, or should we talk about some of the things that I read in your book that I I am interested in knowing more about? And so would our our um, listeners be probably yeah let's talk about those things you want to know about and maybe those okay, will run well, back to me. well i i'm you were just talking about how i meet uh, or how i met a lot of of um you know wild people and um you know mostly rock and roll people but the the people that that you met in different countries um and and we're working with was crazy. Like like, why don't you tell everyone about the the orphanage? How that happened with um. That was, yeah, that is wow. Yeah, those those kids. Um, so I also before I wrote the Cats Find You book, I wrote a series of kids books, and they're basically self help books for kids about not being afraid to ask for help or um, you know, just um, you know, understanding being sad and things like that. And I got a message from someone that wanted me to send them to an orphanage in Pakistan. So I sent those books to the, over there. And a few weeks later, I got a message back from the people that run the orphanage and they were thanking me for the books. And they had a, um, there was a photo attached and it was these little kids sitting in this, it was a concrete floor with these brick walls and they're sitting there reading the books that I had sent. Uh, but there's no roof on this building. I was kind of just, I was really, I thought it was a silo or something like that. I was trying to figure out what kind of building this was. And so I asked, well, what is that? It turned out it was their school and they were in the process of building it, but they did everything on donations. So they didn't have the money to finish it. And so they didn't have a roof yet. And so I said, okay, well, how, how much is a roof? And they said, you know, it's like $4,000. And I said, well, that doesn't seem like a lot for a roof. Um, and so I got sticky fans together and we started, you know, seeing, can we come up with this money? And so we ended up donating the money. The guy that runs the orphanage over there kind of coordinated a construction project and um, they ended up getting this roof done and we actually raised more money than they needed. So we, in addition to the roof, we ended up getting it wired and lights inside and fans and the whole deal and turned it into a really cool, it's like the nicest building in this village um, that these, that they do this orphanage in. And so as this is happening, I'm asking them, you know, about the kids and you know, like where, you know, how, where do these kids come from and that kind of thing. And he said, they're street kids. And I'm like, oh, okay, so they're homeless. And he said, well, yeah, they're homeless, but they're street kids. They live in these little kind of gangs of kids. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Like, and so basically 
I saw one as young as like three or four um, cooking in this big wok and it's just over a fire and he's pouring oil and stirring it and he's looking over at the camera. This little kid looked completely comfortable in doing this. It's just their life. And when you look at these kids, you can tell like these kids are, they're really dirty. They're like right off of the street. Like they are like, when you think of street urchins, like that's what these poor little kids look like. And so I'm saying, so where did their parents go? And said, well, some of them died, but some of them ended up selling themselves into slavery to pay off their family's debts. What are you talking about? Like, and he's like, no, that's a, that's a real thing. That happens over here. You know, you your family owes a debt and OK, I can pay this whole family's debt off. I will be your slave for the rest of my life. I'm leaving my kids. And so these kids are left to, def- to fend for themselves. And so the way it's set up in these little kind of communities is that, you know, the four year old, the five year old will take care of the four year old and the six year old takes care of the five year old. and they just watch out for each other. And uh, it's just the craziest thing. And as I'm reading these messages, you know, I, I'm looking at my own kids who are, you know, just worried about whatever's happening in school or who said what or whatever. And these kids, like, they have nothing. They have when you, I mean, the clothes they have on their back are someone gave them those clothes. Like they, they literally have nothing. And so to get a book and get a book from America, it's like, someone handed these kids like the biggest dream they could ever have. And it's just, yeah, it's just heartbreaking watching these, you know, these little kids, but these, this couple, this is their whole life. That's all they do is they take in these kids and new kids show up every day and some kids don't come back and they don't know what happened to them. And it's just a rotating door of kids that need help. And that's all this couple does is take care of these kids and take care of these villages. And uh, during COVID, I saw the husband, it looked like an Indiana Jones movie. This guy's hanging off the back of a motorcycle with bags of medicine going through, you know, dirt roads in Pakistan to get to people with um, no mask. He's just, it's just, this is what I do. I take care of these people. And if, you know, if I get sick, I get sick and then I will keep going. So that was one of the, yeah, one of the more incredible groups of people that I got to meet. Um, Yeah. Just amazing people. Like, yeah, amazing people. And to, and to actually get to talk to kids who, you know, a color, send them a coloring book page. And it's just the biggest thing that they could ever dream of getting. It's amazing. Yeah. And that happened because of this kitten from me finding this cat. Yeah, that's, that's, that whole, that whole um, story was, that was incredible. And then um, I forgot the little girl's name that that was so um, influenced by Sticky, not not from Bangladesh. Uh, Ciela. Ciela, yeah. Ciela, yes. Ciela, yeah. And I actually, so for her, uh, so Ciela is uh, she's seven now, and her mom passed away just before Christmas, two Christmases ago, um, just complications from a, a surgery, and her mom was really young. Um, that was also another one. Someone sent me a message and asked if I could write her a note in the books and send her some books. And as I got talking about this story, I kind of heard her Ciela's story. And uh, again, sticky fans got together and um, gave her a good Christmas, or you know, as good a Christmas as you can give you know kid in that situation. But um, yeah, so she, we sent a doll. Did you get one of those dolls too? Did you get that? Doll? Yes. Yes. yes, I need pictures of you with that doll. Yeah, that's, I will. That's I will people... take a picture for okay, sure. Okay, cool. Um, so we sent her the sticky doll, and um, she latched onto this little doll, and it kind of became her emotional support animal. And 
I didn't really catch on how much she loved this doll until I saw her. Uh, they sent me a picture of her waiting to go into surgery. She had cut her fingertips and they were going to go fix her fingertips, but she had the sticky doll with her. And I'm like, hey, what? she's got that dog going into surgery. And like, oh, she will not let that doll go. And so it turns out she has taken that doll to, you know, custody hearings with grandma and every therapist appointment. And so every all these people in Ohio know this doll and know about Sticky Story because of this little girl. And um, so someone asked what she wanted for Christmas this year. And uh, they said she wanted to meet me. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, that's what this, you know, to be that person to a little girl who's gone through that stuff. Just an incredible feeling. So. Um, I just did a Zoom call with her uh, right right before Christmas. Uh, no, actually, it was on Christmas Day. And so I got to talk to her for an hour. But that's the first time I actually got to meet her. But um, super fun. Yeah, super fun meeting her. Um, but yeah, Sticky has, uh, yeah, helped that little girl through that. Um, Belinda, that was another story. That was a pretty heavy story for me. Um, yeah, Belinda Land. That was that was um, an amazing story. Why don't you... Um... Tell, tell everyone about that. We met Belinda. Um, I won a award through the Humane Society here in Oregon. And uh, Belinda paid for two seats at this award ceremony to make sure she could sit with us because she just loved Sticky's story so much. And so that's how we met her. And uh, we hung out with her during the award ceremony and she's a very sweet lady. And so when we left that day, we exchanged phone numbers and emails and um kind of stayed in touch over the next year or so. And she would, any book I would put out, she would buy and she was always donating to the foundation and just the, yeah, just loved sticky. Um, and so when we got the dolls out, we sent her, she was one of the first people to get a doll. And uh, she started the trend of people taking their dolls, traveling with them. And people take, we have pictures of sticky from the dolls from Egypt and Paris and China and all over the place where people are taking these dolls. So um, she started that. She was um, out cruising somewhere and had had the doll. And so, anyway, she uh, about a year later, she sent me a message and said that she uh, was in the hospital and asked if I could come see her. And I, you know, we knew I knew her through email and that kind of thing, but I only met her that one day. And so, um, it was kind of kind of kind of. I just thought, well, you know, you don't want family, but she asked me, so I came and and hung out with her. And um, she ended up having cancer. And, uh, so, uh, we kept in touch over that, you know, over the next couple of weeks after she got out of the hospital. Um, and I had planned on going up there again to, to see her, uh, but she ended up, uh, kind of her health kind of took a turn and, um, she ended up back in the hospital. And so when I had, um, I'm telling the story very horribly, I'm sorry. So she ended up back in the hospital. And, um, I asked her friend when I could go see her and they said that she, they didn't think she was going to make it through the day. And she ended up passing away holding that sticky doll. And that was the only thing she wanted to take to the hospital with her when she went back. And so, um, yeah, just very heavy. Yeah. It was hard for me to tell that story without getting a little, little teary eyed and choked up, but you know, sticky helped her through that. Um, yeah, you know, so he's been there for the end of lives um yeah just very yeah it's very very heavy i'm sorry i mumbled through that one that was a, a hard one for me to tell out loud no that's uh, okay if, if i would have known that i wouldn't have made you 
tell it, but that that was an incredible story. All, all of the stories in Chuck's book are really incredible. And um, <clears throat> it's all, I mean, it, it just really shows like how, how interconnected everyone is and how very universal love is. And I know that this doesn't sound like the usual insane debauchery that... <laughs> It goes on 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 this fucking podcast here. I just had to say that. So just to break hey, the <laughs> to break the ice, I had to swear. This fucking podcast. There we go. Okay. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but um, really, I I cried a, a whole bunch of times in your while reading the book. You know, I mean, even before I read it, I just opened up to that one page and started <laughs> crying. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they're good cries, though. I, I keep hearing they're, no, they they're are good, good cries. Yeah. No, they are. They are good cries. They're amazing. Um, so that's the one that I keep hearing about was page sixty-one, and I keep hearing people are. And I thought page sixty-one was in the middle of Belinda Land's thing until I looked it up, and page sixty-one. So right after this all happens, right after I find Sticky and this all blows up, I took a uh, trip down to Sacramento from Oregon. And um, I'm sitting on my uncle's couch and I'm, I had gotten so many messages from people. They're just beautiful messages from all over the world. And I'm scrolling through message requests and there must have been, you know, 100,000 message requests. And I, I can't get to them all. So I just kind of randomly am opening messages. And one with no profile picture. And I, up to that point, I had not opened any with no profile picture because they didn't seem real to me. So um this one with no profile picture, I just see the first few words and it said, um, I have found humanity in you. And I had not seen that sentence yet. And so I clicked on that one. And as I'm reading through it, this guy is telling me how he was in the process of committing suicide. He's over in the UK. He looked up at his computer screen, saw that photo of Sticky sitting on my shoulder and stopped whatever he was doing long enough to go read the story why this kitten was sitting on my shoulder. That story, whatever, whichever one he had found, gave, he said gave him enough hope to, to stop. And so he decided to not kill himself. And so the message ends with, uh, you'll never know what this has done for me, but you've saved my life. And blew my freaking mind, like just blew my mind as I'm reading this. So I'm thinking this, this is not a real person. And so I go to the profile and you could see posts, you could tell this is a very depressed person and they were from the UK and I realized this is a real person. And so, you know, as you were talking about my, my early years where I didn't feel like I was, I was had any purpose. That was the message that all of a sudden made me realize, oh shit, like, no, you have a purpose. Like you've had a purpose this whole time. And I think what it was, was that if I I wasn't any different. I was the same person I was a year before. You know, I would have always stopped for that cat. I would have always done that. It this just this time happened to go worldwide. So if I would have, it was the same person then, and that event stopped this man from killing himself, then I I always had that power. And I don't know. It was just the most empowering message to me. At the same time, I realized, okay, there's a dude out there who's just barely hanging on. So I I messaged this guy back. And I'm telling him, you know, don't give up, brother. There's, I'm sitting here right now reading these, you know, 100,000 messages of people 
there's a there's a lot of shitty people in the world, but for every one person that would have glued that cat to the road, you know, I have a hundred thousand people right here that would have stopped that. I mean, they would have kicked that guy's ass for gluing that cat to the road. So yeah, yeah. So so don't focus on that shitty person. Focus on this hundred thousand over here that would have stopped it. And so you know, we're talking back and forth over the next few weeks, and and uh, we kind of we lost touch gradually. But the last few messages, you know, he he was very hopeful. So. Um, that is the page. Yeah. As I keep hearing people are crying on page 61, all of a sudden, you know, after I'd seen four or five messages of that, that page kind of took a new meaning to me where it was like, Oh, these, these people know that feeling. They know, you know, this poor guy's feeling. And, and uh, yeah, it's, that's kind of, that's the biggest takeaway from this whole thing for me is that for all the differences that everybody has, and, you know, we're all different from everybody the core of us is the same. We all want the same thing, no matter who I've talked to. If I've talked to people in Africa or those little kids in Pakistan or celebrities in Australia, everyone wants to be happy. That's everyone wants to be happy. And, and, you know, when you take away all the bullshit, that's the core of everybody, everybody, you know, everybody just wants happiness. And so that's, that's kind of what this has turned into me. This mission has turned into, let's see if we can give some hope and makes people happy. Yeah, I mean that's that's what's it's so great. I mean, especially you know after the pandemic, um, or I mean, you know, the pandemic happened like two two years or almost two years after you found Sticky. But I think a lot of people were losing hope and getting well. We all know how crazy people went. We need to take a little break right now, but we will come right back with Chuck Holly. And um, this magical sticky kitty. Okay, we are back. We're t- we're talking about hope and love and all sorts of wondrously sappy, amazing things um, that the human uh, that defines the human condition. Your listeners about this point are going, "What the fuck is this guy? Who is this guy?" <laughs> <laughs> no, I I I do. I hope you. I hope. Wait, you guys. I had to. In- I, I instructed Chuck. I said maybe at some point I might talk to you about a concert or something, <laughs> or, yeah. or some debaucherous experience. Um, I yeah. don't know if it's going to go that way, but if it doesn't, you know, I'm still a fucking lunatic in that area. <laughs> just, I'm just wait. I'm giving you guys hope that my podcast is not changing. There you go. No, yes, it's just me. It's just me. Come back next week. She'll be the same. Same crazy motherfucker she was. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but okay, uh, I know how we can um we could we can talk about about something that I thought was like super super funny up, about the book. And this was um this wasn't a long time, but like for a while Chuck was just um famous right after that. Everyone knew who Sticky was, but nobody 
knew who he was, but he didn't really care. But he was getting he was getting recognized everywhere for being the cat guy. Everywhere. Everyone knew that cat's name. Well, I told you the other day that cat got verified on that cat can get the check mark. I can't get the check mark. Like wait on not, Instagram, Sticky got verified. Yeah, and on Facebook. But I they won't do it for me. And I I assure you. That cat has never made one damn post. I promise you. He's never done anything. It's <laughs> it's me. It's not him. And they're like, yeah, we don't know who you are. Okay, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we they when they even we even got into a movie. Um, it was called Hidden Orchard Mysteries. Uh, and it was kind of like a Nancy Drew kind of movie. And we played ourselves, basically, my wife and I, and we did a Zoom call and Sticky was in it. And that was really the point was to get Sticky for them to have Sticky in this movie. And so Sticky in the credits is Sticky. I am Sticky's dad. That's what I am. I'm no. not even my name. I'm Sticky's dad. <laughs> Always with this cat. But yeah, it was everywhere. Everywhere I went, people knew. Yeah, they knew the cat guy. That's what I was. I was the cat guy. And uh, they knew Sticky. But yeah, grocery stores, airplanes, even with, even, um, with the mask on when we were in the middle of covid i was it was in an airport in like arizona i think and there's a lady sitting across from me and there developed a a look i could tell the look after a while that okay you know who my cat is it was just this this like look like i'm looking at like oh my gosh like you know my best friend it's not i'm your best friend it's like you know my best friend and so it's just a very cute look that people get and so i'm i see her look her eyes and she pulls her mask down and she said i love your cat and some thank you, thank you. <laughs> yes, I'll tell him. I'll let him know. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, everywhere I went, it was, and it was a good few months. Like everywhere we went, and it was just, yeah, parking lots. People would knock on the car window. They'd see see me, and like in the grocery store, they'd, hey, you're the cat guy, and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, and they'd look me up and down, and like, well, where's your cat? And I'm in the grocery store. And so, I, so I ended up finally, you know, asking, well, where's your, do you have cats? And like, yeah, I have two cats. Like, hey, where's your cats? Like, well, they're at home. Like, right. Like, that's where my cat is. <laughs> He's at home. Like, I don't take him to the grocery store with me. It's, <laughs> so, but they expected to see him with me everywhere. So, yeah, they still. Because he yeah. was, because he was, uh, uh, stuck to you. <laughs> yeah, stuck to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the funny thing is, now, people think they always. I would love to cuddle with him. He's a jerk. He's the biggest. He is. He has scratched all of us at some point. Really, but but if, how mad can you get at him? He started off glued to a road. So, you know, it's just he's not a cuddler. People want to think he's a cuddler, but he's not a cuddler. And it it makes people he's sad like, to hear he's that. Like too. five now, or five-ish. Yeah, five-ish. Yeah, he's mellowing out. He's becoming more of a cuddler. But man, he yeah, my he came out. My son came out of his bedroom one night and looked like he was in a bar fight. Like his shirt was ripped, his nose was bleeding. I'm like, what the hell happened? Sticky got me, man. <laughs> what the hell? But he uh, actually, we talked to Jackson Galaxy. You know Jackson Galaxy, the, the real cat guy? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he, so we did a Zoom meeting with him and he actually came up with some some thoughts about it. And it really comes back to that to Sticky being strangled by that fishing yeah. wire. Um, they think it cut the oxygen off. And so he's deaf. Um, and then he also, 
it's mellowed out, but he had this thing where he would, at, as soon as it got dark, it was always at night, he would look over your head like he was looking at a ghost. He would, it was just right over your head. And then he would try to attack that, whatever he saw, but there's nothing there. So he ends up attacking you. And that happened for like a month. And we, we didn't know, we gave him his own bedroom in the house. Like we, at night, we would put him in his own room and like, brother, we can't trust you to not attack us at night. Was, was and, this like right after you found him or did this come a little this, bit later? A little bit later, because when we found him, he, you know, he was only five weeks old. He was he was pretty small. It, it was about a, after he was about a year, maybe a year and a half, it started. And um, so what they ended up thinking happened was his oxygen got cut off. And so there's a apparently a chemical reaction in a cat's brain when it turns from light to dark. And it's not just their eyes. There's an actual chemical thing that happens yeah. in their brain. And so they think it, it's not working right on him. And so he's seen, you know, when I said he sees ghosts, they're like, I think he sees ghosts. He sees double, like he sees, you know, mirages and, you know, things like that around you. And he doesn't understand it. So he tries to get it. And so you end up getting gotten. So he's mellowed out. He's, he's getting much better. But yeah, for a while, you just, I've come home before. We have four other animals. And I've come home and the four animals are on one side of the couch and he's on the other side of the couch just staring at him. <laughs> And it's just everybody knows just leave him alone he'll he's, he'll do his thing and so yeah well you know in the olden days they used to say that cats could see into other realms too and i'm sure that's that's all well when that. i when i told jackson when i said i it's like he's seeing ghosts and i said i don't know that he's not seeing ghosts i can't tell you he's not seeing ghosts i don't I, he might be seeing ghosts and then he he's the one that kind of backed me out of well no i think it's this but I don't, I don't know that that's not true. Like, I think you're, you know, I think you're right. I think they do. I think they have a little bit of magic in them. So. I know that they, I, my cats ha, um, saw some ghosts in my house. And th this was, this was crazy. My, my house is like well over a hundred years old and it's really haunted. And I do like, um, you know, I do paranormal investigations and all sorts of crazy stuff like that. But so for a long time, this um three of my cats would would sit in a row in the living room like looking into this hallway closet that like it's it's a it's a hallway and there's a little closet at the end but I've always sensed like a presence there and like the air would be colder and Trippy. you know but so I saw them and they were all tracking it like as though you were playing with the cat toy and their heads were all swinging in the same directions mm -hmm. but there was nothing there and so as soon as like cell phones were um coming out I, I i would take like i would start filming on a phone and you could see like like very faintly like this like sort of swirling masses going on like where they were staring mm -hmm. i've never yeah. noticed that before and then one time um they were they were I was in the living room and they were doing the tracking thing and I was like oh they're just looking at the ghosts and then you know those big um wooden coat hangers that that one steals from hotels yep I know those <laughs> I have a few of those <laughs> yeah the kind that you never buy yep <laughs> that nobody ever buys um well there there was there was a bunch of stuff hung up on this little rack there and like like dresses and shirts and stuff of mine but it was it was like sort of flush against the door and then there was that wooden hanger that I had 
I don't know, there was like some kind of a, there had been a vintage coat on it, like a couple of weeks before, but I put it somewhere else. And so the hanger was still just there, right? So I saw the cats tracking it. And all of a sudden I see the hanger jump off the rack and it, it cracks in half with a deafening crack and it flies into the living room floor and the cats just scattered. And, and my my immediate reaction was I screamed, hey, motherfucker. And I was like, we know you're here. All of us know you're here. I'm sorry if we're intruding on your space. Like you're you are totally welcome here. You were probably here for years before I was, but just just for the love of God, just don't fucking scare my cats. And then right. after that, nothing ever happened. Wow, trippy. Yeah. Yeah, trippy. Yeah, you yeah, you guys, you have a lot of history there in around you guys. So yeah. 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 Crazy. Yeah, yeah I fully believe it. Yeah, I fully believe they do. I yeah, I mean, like I said, I I wasn't sure he wasn't seeing ghosts. I don't know. I don't know what he's seeing. So, yeah, we have three cats, and um, me too, right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Three cats and four dogs. We just got another little puppy showed up over Christmas, so we have uh-huh. quite a quite a farm going here. But yeah, I think I think cats are much more magical than dogs. <laughs> I think a lot of people think that. <laughs> yeah, I I love dogs, but I I don't after ha- hanging out with them so much, I'm like, I don't think you guys have the same powers that cats do. Yeah, I know. I mean, like in, in you know, I can't I mean there was some dog gods in ancient Egypt, but they worshipped cats living. Like you know, <laughs> <See>? <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. So and the cats know it too. So they totally know it. Totally know it. That's yeah. Sticky knows he's famous. He know you can tell he knows. He's he's got an attitude where he's just yeah. I I do as I please. Okay, so he knows he's famous. Yeah, that's like the main the main cat attitude. But um, does he ever do that the cat thing like where they try to act like they're a starving orphan kitty even though they just ate? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Where he's yeah, he'll run back to his food bowl like he's hasn't been fed, and you go back and it's got food in it, but he just wants it. Like, no, I need it full. Like, you know, like you have food in it. Like, no, no, fill it up. And if you don't fill it up, he'll keep running around. Like, no, I'm starving. And oh yeah, the weird thing is, right after we found him, we had a cat food company that wanted. We had a bunch of people all of a sudden jumping at us, like, here, we want you to be the sponsor of this thing and this thing. But you know, we didn't. I didn't even know that the cat thing was a thing on the internet. Like, I didn't know. I didn't really pay attention that much to the internet. Like I looked, I looked music stuff and my friends and I surfed and that was like, that was all I looked at. So I didn't know what a, what a deal the cat thing was on the internet. So when this happened, some people came out thinking like we were like, almost like we made this up. Like it was like, Oh, you want to get in on the cat thing? And like, I don't know what cat thing you're talking about. And then, you know, Oh, you want to be the cat guy? I'm like, brother, that's the last thing I'm trying to be out here is the cat guy. Like, I don't know what that is and so um all of a sudden we have all these people wanting to us to be sponsors for things and that was kind of overwhelming because we're like you know okay so one of them was a cat food and so we said well send us the cat food so because you know i I didn't plan on any of this i wasn't going to do anything that i didn't feel good about so if i need to know that my cat likes your food and so they send this send us the food they even made packaging with sticky on it so we could see what it was going to look like and they send it all out and uh, he didn't like it. And so 
I'm like, he won't eat a bite of it. I can't, I can't say my cat loves your food. I don't care how much you're paying us. I can't say my cat loves your food. He doesn't love your food. I can't say it. So we shut it down. I'm like, no, we're not doing that. Well, when the next cat came, that cat loved that food. And then the next cat loved that food. And then it turned out Sticky just loves one particular type of food. And that's it. He won't eat anything. He won't eat tuna. He won't eat anything else. And so we shut these people down. But it wasn't their food. It was our cat being too picky. Yeah. Yeah. And so we didn't end up doing that one. But um, yeah, that was a trip. That was weird that, like I said, I didn't know. I didn't expect any of this, you know, so I didn't. I was catch playing catch up the whole time, trying to figure out, all right, what is this crazy internet cat world, and and you know, why are these people so interested in this cat? And it was just, yeah, trying to to catch up with everything. I always felt like I was behind my own story, like I was two days behind what was happening <laughs> in my own life. Like, wait, what happened? <laughs> and so, yeah, it went on like that for a while. But that's one of the things that. The reason I was able to talk to so many people around the world is so many people find common ground in cats, no matter where you're from. So, and at that time, you know, America at least was very politically divided. You had your your super right side and your super left side. And I talked to people from both sides and they, they both loved this cat. But I kind of fucked up there because... I decided I'll take anybody that friend, friend requests me. I'll just let you anybody on my thing. And so but did they start was, crawling on your page? On oh my God. Page? Pretty quick. I, so that Facebook would only let me have 5,000 people. So uh, pretty quick, it went up to 5,000 people. But then all I had was 5,000 people fighting on my page <laughs> about politics. <laughs> and she's like, oh, fuck, what did I do? Cats so, fight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, people will fight about the cat. We... We posted a picture the other day. I posted just on my own Facebook. We had to take one of our cats into the vet. She, she's an indoor-outdoor cat. She gets in fights outside. She got a jab on her shoulder. We had to go take her in. I posted a picture. So many people will jump on you about letting your cat outside. They will just, oh my gosh, hundreds of people just furious that we let the cats outside. But well, we yeah, don't yeah. I mean, that's It should be a personal choice, but also it depends where you are, who you are, you know, like yeah, I won't, I won't let my cats out outside. And this, this is the the first bunch that I've had. And this has been going on for years that I didn't, but I'll talk, like, I'll just tell you and anyone that's listening, um, this is not another grab for cat fame, but if you follow me on Instagram and other places, you'll know that this really happened. Um, about three, one of the reasons that I don't let my, my cats outside it's because i live in the hollywood hills and there's coyotes and stuff but i heard a noise one night in september and um p22 the mountain lion was in my yard i saw that i saw that yeah (laughs) yeah okay on a friday night and then i just i realized it was a friday night and and so the next morning i was just like i win caterday I did see that post. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you shouldn't. Yeah, no, that definitely. So we live in the middle of a small town, but we're right in the middle of it. And, you know, this little cat doesn't really leave the yard usually. Um, but like Sticky, we won't let him out because he's deaf. And so he'll just be defenseless. So he doesn't get to yes. go outside. Yeah. Um, but this other cat, you know, when we got her, she had her ears snipped already. So she was feral. 
Oh, she was already feral, yeah. Yeah, when we adopted her. So she, it seems like, you know, we would be taking away part of her spirit if we, she wants to go outside so bad. So, all right, and we let her out. Um, But she doesn't go too far. But people, yeah, people will get very upset with you for letting your cat out. And they don't mind telling you when you're cat famous. They will tell you all about what you're doing wrong to your cat. Uh, Breakaway callers. That was another one we went for. well, we had a collar with a bell on it, and people were livid that we had this bell on Sticky's collar, and they wouldn't read back far enough to realize he was deaf. But right. they right. were, yeah. But they were, yeah. People were very upset about the the bell. Yeah, just we again, you know, I I always just had cats. I I never had a you know hundred thousand people telling me what to do with my cat. So another <laughs> quick learning curve when you're like, okay, sorry everybody, we'll fix that. <laughs> Thought I just had a cat. Okay, no, not just a cat. All right, so, yeah. So. Yeah, so yeah. sometimes people are crazy sometimes. Sometimes, I don't know. I mean, just like, I can't, I can't, Um, I can't, I don't understand the, all the brawling on all the pages, you know? I just like, I just go away from that. Yeah, I, I do too now. I, I, Again, I screwed up back there. Where I, I would try to stop it. I would try to, like, oh no, listen. yeah, listen, you guy from Kentucky, like, you need to talk to this guy from San Francisco. You guys are going to be friends over this cat. And oh man, yeah, no, I, yeah, I realized pretty quickly, like, no, some people, some people don't want to talk to each other. Okay, that's cool. Then you're not each other's people. That's okay. Like, but I still think you need to know that you have, you do have things in common that you could come together over if you wanted to. Just some people don't want to. So I learned that pretty quick. Just step back from the Facebook fights and yeah, don't don't put your energy into it. Yeah, Instagram usually seems like a friendlier place to me. It is. It is. And I yeah, I uh you know, again, like I wasn't planning on any of this happen. If I if I would have known that what this was gonna turn into when I when it all happened, I would have jumped on Instagram right away with it all. But I would we were on Facebook and I was just living my life and all of a sudden that's where it blew up. So it is weird yeah. because it's all of a sudden, you know, you're divided into these, you're Facebook famous, you're Instagram famous, you're TikTok famous, you're, these people yeah. know you, but these people don't know you. But and you're cat so famous. Cat famous. Yeah. So now the cat people know you and yeah. So that's a weird, weird thing in the world we live in now. These different, you know, back in the seventies and eighties, you were Sally Field and Burt Reynolds. That's how fam- you were that famous. Like, that's how you were famous. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Just, uh, go lip sync, find a cat, whatever. You'll be famous. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I think we, we're about at the end of our time here. Okay. Um, is there anything do you want? Do you have? Do you want to tell anyone what kind of music you like, or do you want to tell them what the fuck to do with their cats? Or, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't listen. Do whatever you want to do with your cat. Just take care of your cat. That's it. No, just like, don't glue it to the road. Yeah, don't glue it to a road. Don't Make sure it's safe. This time, a lynch mob will come for you. <laughs> yes, yes. They never did find that person, as far as I know. You know, not, not for that crime anyway. Um, there was a camera right there. And so we, we did call the cops and we had the cops come look, but they couldn't see it, anything on the camera. So, um, 
I, I, I don't normally do this, but I hope that person just went to hell really quickly and really painfully right after that. I can't imagine good things happen to them. I can't imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. They asked me when I, yeah, that, that was one of the creepier things. They asked me when the cop was there, there's a stand of trees off to the side. And they said, did you see anyone standing there? I'm like, dude, I didn't see. I just looking at this cat. I couldn't, I wouldn't have seen you. And, uh, he said, yeah, they were probably standing behind those trees watching because they want to see what happens to, Oh shit. Like, yeah, so that made it even another level of creepy that there might the guy might have been standing there while I'm trying to figure out what's happening. So um, that was the only thing they could come come together on. That it was probably a 13 to 30 year old man, white male is what they, that's what they could come up with. Yeah, okay, that that is very vague, but yes, probably. So yeah, and we'll end the show with that. <laughs> <laughs> I put a spell on you. I'm I'm sending I'm sending that out to, to the motherfucker who did that. Um, anyway, well, Chuck, it, it has been amazing to have you on. You guys, Chuck, Chuck is an incredible person. He has an incredible cat who started a whole movement who's actually really crotchety, but he can he can be that sticky can do that <laughs> he can be whatever he wants to be he's doing a lot of good stuff so whatever man be, be you um it was fantastic to talk to you chuck thank you for having me thank you so much and and yeah give give her another chance next week she'll come back and be just as fucking crazy as she is normally <laughs> yeah i will i'm i'm going back to crazy anyway yeah. you guys um Thank you for listening and thank you for coming on here, Chuck. And I will be talking at you next time with, with, with tales that have a touch more sin and degradation in them. <laughs> Goodbye. What's new, pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. What's new, pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. Pussycat, pussycat, I got flowers and lots of hours to spend with you so go and bother your cute little pussycat nose pussycat pussycat i love you yes i do you and your pussycat nose what's new pussycat Whoa. The Devil's Music is written and hosted by Pleasant Gaiman. Produced by Aaron Alden. All sound design by Jerry Danielson of Busy Signal Studios. And of course, is part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Find all of our shows at pantheonpodcasts.com. Our social presence is at Pantheon Podcasts on Facebook and Instagram. Tweet us at Pantheon Pods. All songs can be found wherever you get great music. Please pick up these important and fantastic tracks. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.